Girls Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maddie, and this week, guys, I cannot express to you how excited I am. We have our first ever Huga Guy, aka our first male guest on the show, and it's one of my very close friends, Chase Erickson. Chase talks to us about anxiety, about um, creating happiness from within, about relationships, about the changes in the world. We really cover a um, broad range of topics and I have never been more excited for an episode just because I feel like this is um it kind of embodies what Hugo Girls is and I always emphasize that Hugo Girls is a community for everybody um and obviously we are titled the Hugo Girls podcast so we have a primarily um female audience but I thought it was really cool to get his perspective um being a guy on the show and I don't know I'm I'm rambling I just got out of sorority recruitment I've been doing that all weekend so I'm in a really chatty mood but I'm just gonna leave it at that and with her without further ado um let's jump right into it and this is happiness is an inside job featuring Chase Erickson so you're you're all set um (laughs) I know it's kind of a weird thing to ask but just give us like a little insight on who you are and I don't know, your elevator pitch, I guess, but like in a less elevator formal pitch. way than an interview. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'm Chase Erickson. Um, I am a good friend here of Sweet Maddie Bears <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm a student here at the University of Denver studying business analytics and computer science. Uh, I'm currently an employee at Apple. Um, I am a proud dog owner and love my little baby Rue who's sitting here next to us. He's um, sweet. He's on the podcast for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. New things for both of us. You guys are both. So, because it's obviously titled Who a Girls Podcast, but our demographic is just kind of everyone. It's just titled that because both Emma and I are both sure. girls, you know, but yeah. you guys are our first male, um, guests. So well, that's both, exciting. We're both honored to be here. <laughs> But today, guys, we, like I said a little bit in the intro, um, I just wanted to talk about happiness. And I know that that's kind of a weird topic right now with everything going on in the world. Um, And so I just, I don't know, I told Chase this before he came on the podcast, but he just has a very, like, soothing voice and he's very calm. And um, I just feel like he's a different... I, I don't know, a different view on life than a lot of people I would say about you. Um, and so I just, I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk a little bit about happiness. He was joking before this and was saying, um, you gave me a hard topic. And I'm like, it's not that hard of a topic. <laughs> or really just, I just kind of want to dive into it. So obviously this um, episode is titled Happiness is an Inside Job. And I thought it would be a lot easier to discuss what happiness is not to get us going. Um, just because that's a little bit less daunting than sitting here asking Chase to define happiness. Um, so, I don't know. I saw this quote from Essentialism, which is a book by Mark Creed, that says, most of us don't know what true happiness really feels like. Um, we think we do, but we often think that happiness is when our new cell phone is delivered from the phone company and we have a full day to play with it. Um, that's not happiness at its steepest level. That's a quick hit of adrenaline from owning something new. The shine quickly fades and we are looking for the next thing we can own. The highs and lows which come from this do not equate to happiness, they equate to drama and stress. So just to start us off, I wanted to say that when we're talking about happiness, I'm sure we're going to talk about purpose, we're going to talk about things that bring us joy, that kind of thing. Um, But 
to get us going, I didn't want anyone to think that we're talking about materialistic happiness. Sure. Obviously, um, happiness is an inside job and it's something that comes from within. So I know it's kind of a little bit of a personal question, but what are some things, I guess, in your life that you consider hindering from happiness? Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess first to tackle the whole materialistic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's interesting, definitely, because uh, I, I work at yeah. Apple stores, so I'm constantly uh, surrounded by, you know, things that generally people just want to buy up real quick, and that includes myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the big thing with materialistic happiness is uh, I think it's okay for those things to make you happy and to enjoy getting them, because, like, sure, like, treating yourself and having newer things is uh, definitely something that people should be okay to enjoy. Yeah. Um, but it definitely depends on, on how you define those products and like how they actually impact your own well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you simply think that you can just continue to buy those things, like it's not, yeah, it's not going to turn out for you. It's just, you're continuously buying them and like trying yes. to get yes. the next best thing. Yes. Um, but as far as, you know, really things that can kind of hinder my own personal happiness, um, I mean, definitely, especially in 2020, there's there's no shortage of different obstacles yeah. that we have to face. But, um, you know, things that I've definitely learned uh, over time and things that I still definitely work with is mm-hmm. especially my relationship with other people and mm-hmm. how I would define myself based off of that. Um, you know, definitely if I, if I equate my happiness to who I'm with and how they look at me, and like I depend on them for happiness, and I'm truly not happily happy inside, because mm-hmm. um, that's just a temporary, essentially substitution, just uh, almost like a drug in a way, mm-hmm. something that just gives you the kind of that quick relief, but it's not going to do anything for you long term. Yeah. Um, and I feel like for me personally, that's something I've really had to learn uh, that has probably held me back in a lot of ways, um, and it's really just about finding that relationship with myself. And, and that's definitely the journey that I'm on right now, that I'm figuring yeah. out, is is how, what does it mean to live as me and only me for right now? Yeah. So when you say that, do you mean in particular, um, like romantic relationships? Do you mean friendships? Do you mean your dynamic with family? I know that that's a lot to kind of dive into, but like, or just all around, like everything sure. that yeah. comes everything. to it. Yeah, everything. Um, Something that you should definitely know about me in terms of particularly like my love language, not just when it comes to relationships that are romantic, Mm -hmm. but uh, friendships as well is I very much base a lot of my self-worth and like my own self-love based off like how other people like need me and view me, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, sometimes can be great, but like definitely can bring you to a lot of really tough places when it comes to your own self-definition, your own self-worth, if you're just constantly basing it off that frame. Yeah, and I think that that is something that a lot of people do. I know that I personally do that, and I actually, um, not to like, I guess, wrap myself out, but before I do podcasts, I typically sit down and I write a couple of things that I kind of feel like could relate to the topic, and um, that usually includes like quotes and that kind of thing. And I did find this quote that was talking about... um, basically your purpose and purpose is very different than happiness but I feel like it does somewhat fuel and like you were saying like not that you've put your purpose in how other people see you and how other people rely on you but Mm -hmm. um that sometimes it can be really great and sometimes it can't be 
And what this quote was saying was that um, your purpose is not your job and it's not your business. It's not your apartment. It's not your friend group. It's not um, your spouse or significant other. It's not your religion. It's not really anything else, quote unquote, out there. Um, It's inside of you. And unfortunately, like if you put your purpose in outside things, you're just going to set yourself up for loss because loss is a part of life and it's something that is continuous and you're going to, sadly, like all of us are going to lose friendships. We're going to lose um, relationships. We're going to lose, obviously, materialistic things like we were just talking about. Like it switches very quickly and once you get the next best thing, you want to kind of jump there. Um, And for me, like I always thought that my purpose was kind of rooted in yoga and then as soon as the pandemic hit and I couldn't go the yoga studio is like my purpose isn't there anymore you know Mm -hmm. so what are some things that I guess um you have kind of put your purpose into and how have you redefined what that looks like um with everything going on in your life right now yeah um I guess I'll start on that with uh speaking about my younger self in particular Mm -hmm. um because definitely, I mean, I, I think this is probably a fairly common trait amongst a lot of kids. Uh, I mean, definitely not across the board, but like, I know for me in particular, it was a lot of, you know, I, I always thought as a kid that I was going to grow up and I was going to do something big. And mm-hmm. Like, I was going to really just change the world. I was going to do whatever I did. I was going to be the best at. I was going to change it that way. Um, so while I definitely don't carry necessarily that same frame of mind now uh, to where I think like everything revolves around me. Um, I I definitely think there's some truth in how we use our own purpose to kind of fuel the world around us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if we do place that externally, our purpose, um, it doesn't really have like a grasp on Mm -hmm. ourselves. I think it's very fair to say that like, if my purpose is to uh, care for the people that are right around me, yes, exactly. But... It comes with inside yourself. You have to kind of definitely work on how you're going to be doing it, you know, the skills that you have to do that. And like, just in general, like it has to be very much fostered within your own soul and your own mind for you to be able to have that impact on the people around you. Um, Because I definitely think, you know, a lot of people that they end up viewing their will or their purpose as, you know, a very selfless act uh, at some point, um, because it does have an impact on the people around you. Um, but it has to very much be fostered within like your own heart and your own mind and your own soul for you to really have that impact. So not that you even remotely have all the answers because obviously none of us do, but what are ways that you, I, I guess, fuel yourself so that you can fuel others? Because like you were saying, you are someone who likes to do things for other people and likes to be a part of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And um, I say this all the time, like you can't pour from an empty cup. So yeah. how do you find, I guess, that purpose inside of you to then yeah. turn around and give that to the world? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. Cause like right now, um, I definitely been more of in a spot where I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more lost about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know kind of where to go next. Um, and I think that's definitely a big part has to do with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's the the world's different. I mean, I I'm still working. I'm in school, um, but for the most part, my life is completely different from right you know uh, until everything started in March. Um, yeah. So I I've definitely found myself more at a loss for like kind of how to go forward and how to proceed and really understanding uh, what my will is and like where I'm kind of going next. But 
Um, and I don't really have the answer to it yet, but like, if there's anything that like, I feel like is probably rooted in some truth is that there's many different sides to our purpose and many different sides to our will and our own heart and mind. Um, and so for one, you know, we can't really see that in other people, but like, at times we do manage to lose where we really are going, Mm -hmm. but we always find our way back to it. And, you know. It's different circumstances like this, which are going to cause us to adapt and change, and it's going to be very uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Because happiness is a very uncomfortable journey mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of sadness rooted along with it. Um, but, you know, so like I, I, I guess what I'm saying right now is I, I right now I'm at a very kind of stuck spot where I'm trying to figure out like which direction I really want to go in next. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it has just been body sensing for me. Mm-hmm. Just taking the time to, like, whenever I kind of start feeling lost about it, to really take a second to sit down, like, close my eyes, breathe, and sense, like, where where are my negative feelings coming from? Where are my positive feelings coming from? Um, what am I just generally feeling about the world right now? Mm-hmm. And, like, how where, where do I necessarily fit into that? And what do I do next? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I know that you've mentioned everything, like, being rooted in your emotions and being able to body sense and all of that kind of stuff to me before but what does that look like for you and like what at what point do you do that when you're just like having a bad day do you do that every day like how do you I I guess keep your mind in check (laughs) I would love to say that I was dedicated enough to do it every day Mm -hmm. um it's I mean even for a while now I've been like oh like I'd love to wake up in the morning and do like daily like gratitude and Mm -hmm. like different things like that um and like meditate, I'm, I'm just not good at it. Yeah. Uh, meditating is something that I am just very bad at because I just have way too many thoughts going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, me as well. <laughs> but, you know, uh, body sensing has been fairly interesting for me because it's not like I'm actually trying to shut off any of my thoughts in my head. Okay. Um, it is very much me just allowing myself to see what comes through. Um, I typically do it with my therapist. Um She's the one that really got me into it, um, but it is something that I've definitely learned how to do on my own, uh, especially, like, just if I'm ever having, like, an anxiety attack or things like that, it's mm-hmm. definitely a great way for me to pull it out. Um, but it simply just involves, like, starting out just by closing your eyes. Uh, it generally helps if you just kind of put, like, one arm across your body, just put it right on your chest. Mm-hmm. Typically, I kind of keep mine right over my heart where my hand is. Um, and just allowing yourself to kind of sit there. Focus on your breaths at first and just allow yourself to see what thoughts come up, especially if you already have something in particular that you're anxious about or something that you're worried about. Um, if you kind of start with that in your frame of view, mm-hmm. it really allows you to kind of pull out like what are your true genuine thoughts about this right now and you can kind of decide is this something that is rooted in reality or is it something that's rooted in falsehoods? And from mm-hmm. there you can kind of work with and decide that piece by piece. And the other thing I found is typically, you know, different feelings are associated with different parts of your body. Um, Like, if I start thinking of something that makes me really uncomfortable, I can maybe start to feel that, like, in my joints starting to kind of get Mm -hmm. real tense. And um, when you actually take the time to body sense and allow yourself to kind of be like, oh, I hear this now. I I get what you're telling me. And I accept that. Mm Mm-hmm. And that really can just help you, like, kind of slow down your body and really regain control. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, that's something that I would be interested to start doing and kind of see because I feel like more often than not, um, 
I just shut down if I have a lot of emotions, if I have a lot of feelings all at once. Yeah. I don't really know what to do with it. And I, like you said, like I too uh, am not good at meditating. Like it's, I want to be. I really do. Sure. Um, the only time I've ever been able to quote unquote meditate is in Savasana at the end of a yoga class. And like, that's it. And I think it's because my <laughs> my body is so physically exhausted that I yeah. can just lay there and like no thoughts will circle back. For but sure. um, yeah, I, I liked what you said when you were talking about um, kind of grounding yourself and like getting back to reality um, with that because I, there's a quote by Mark Twain um, that says, I've lived a long life and I've had many troubles, most of which have never happened. And um, that's a quote that with the new iOS like 14 update or whatever, I have on my home screen. Um, I used to have it like written in a little book next to my bed. And I think that that's something that um, we as humans often forget. Like we we get into that overthinking spiral and we kind of lose track of reality and ground down um and it's very easy to not connect with your emotions so I like that I don't know how you were saying you you don't block anything out you allow yourself to feel that and um versus I feel like sometimes with meditation you just like as people we tend to try to block everything out and Mm -hmm. we don't we don't want to feel um so aside from that um and aside from kind of the body sensing and being able to be in tune with yourself and everything. Are there certain things that you've changed um, with changes in your life, like with the pandemic, with personal relationships changing, um, any ways that you kind of cope with feeling overwhelmed? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first several months of the pandemic were like very, very well, you were here by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. To yeah. Me. So I was living here by myself. Um, and like, you know, for the most part during the day, I felt fine, but definitely like at night, it's like, I would definitely had very poor control over my body at that time. And okay. I couldn't control like a lot of my body's responses to just different like fears and thoughts. And like, even if they were completely just falsehoods or, um, like half the time I didn't even know why I was feeling the way I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would just kick up and all of a sudden I, you know, would have these full on panic attacks that like I just couldn't control. Um, and then I found myself, you know, really starting to adjust, which is when I kind of got like a new therapist and like really sort of work on body sensing and things like that. And like, I haven't had one since. Okay. That's which great. Is, which is good yeah. progress. Yeah. So I'm definitely very proud of that. And I, I still have a lot of work to do in a lot of areas. Well, we but, all do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, it really is just, it's a journey, because I don't have anything figured out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely found that me kind of living alone has really helped me work on my relationship with myself more. Okay. Um, because, you know, I spend a lot of time in my own space these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time kind of doing my own things, and, you know, pre-pandemic, my life was very much revolved around other people. Um, I was constantly from... 6 a.m. till whenever I got back super late at night. I was constantly with people. I was constantly doing things. I was very social. And I enjoyed doing that. I love being around other people. I'm a Mm -hmm. very social person. But the moment that I was thrown off to do something by myself, like, it really threw me off track. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's been a really healthy experience for me to actually learn how to do this and learn how to be alone and learn how to take care of myself a lot more. Um... Because, you know, through this experience, I definitely feel like I can more confident and love the other people in my life. 
That's good. Yeah. Because I can actually properly like deal with myself more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pre, so like you were saying, like you obviously were around people a lot before the pandemic. Sure. Um, I've talked on the show a little bit about the difference between being an introvert and an extrovert. Um, and I myself consider myself a introverted extrovert, which sounds really weird, but like I, people don't fuel me. I enjoy being around them. Um, it brings me joy when I'm around the people Mm -hmm. I love, obviously, but it's draining. Um, did you pre pandemic consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? And now living through it, six months have gone by, you've kind of gotten into this routine of spending more time alone and kind of re reworking your life. Would you consider yourself the same as before or different? So I guess I would also call myself an introverted extrovert. Okay. Um, Because even, like, in high school and things like that, like, I never had an issue, like, doing stuff by myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, like, when I'd just go sit at, like, a restaurant and go to the movies, like, by myself. And people like, why (laughs) why do you do that? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, I just like it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I didn't, I never thought anything of it. Yeah. Um, I guess my big issue was if someone asked me to do something... I didn't know how to say no at that time. And I found myself spread very, very thinly. Because um, saying no, it just wasn't possible for me. It was like, even if I just ate, someone's like, oh, you want to come eat with me? I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Like, you know. So I constantly was dividing myself up in a lot of different areas, especially while working, like, nearly full-time, going to school full-time, still having to try and have a social life and things like that. You know, it could be quite taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely, I would consider myself an introvert extrovert in that way, but most okay. of my extroverted tendencies were definitely based on um, if I say no to this person, like, they're not going to be my friend anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, you know, not just not true. Yeah. It's just not true. Um, well, and if it is true, it's not, that's not a friendship that not, you want to continue to foster, foster. Yeah. No, no, um, Yeah, I think I've said this to you before. I said this to you earlier, but like, you never want to question where you're where you stand in a friendship sure um so i'm i'm also guilty of doing that but anyways to kind of revert back so pre-pandemic that was you yeah sure how how do you feel now compared to how you were like in february of last year do you think that you still um i guess like kind of because like you were saying in high school like you had trouble saying no whatever um do you feel as though the pandemic has made it easier for you to say no? Or do you think that you have um, had to push yourself a little bit more to, at least for me, like I've had to push myself a little bit more to say yes and spend time with people. Yeah. Um, like, I guess, are you still an introverted extrovert? No, quotes, no, it's but... definitely harder for me to leave my house these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's definitely more difficult. Uh, I mean, also, just, like, my responsibilities are different. Like, I have a dog now. Um, and, well, he's pretty self-sufficient, and he's just running around through here. Um, you know, I still, like, you know, I want to spend time with him, and he likes to spend time with me. Uh, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to leave him, like, just locked up here alone all day. Um, so it's like I, I do choose to spend more time at home now. Um, yeah. And, like, I enjoy, like, just sitting on the couch at nights and just watching TV. Yeah. Like, I... I genuinely have found that like just taking downtime is a very good thing for me and something I desperately needed for a while um and like sure I I absolutely so miss like going out and doing fun things all the Mm -hmm. time like I'm I loved being busy every night 
but like I'm, I'm in a different phase of my life now and you know partly that is just where I'm at currently and then partly it's because of the pandemic yeah but like you know I think it's probably a healthy change that like needed to happen yeah I so when I think of because for our listeners um I've known Chase since freshman year, but we have not been close until very recently, I would say. And when I think about how I used to envision you before we were close, it was like you were the embodiment of like hustle culture. Like when I first (laughs) met you, you were like, yeah, I'm working 40 hours a week at Apple. Like I am going to class full time. Like you were seeing someone at the time. Like you had like all of these friends that you would like go downtown with and hang out with and like you were literally the embodiment of hustle culture and since in my mind like when I first met you um and that's not to say that that's a bad thing even remotely because Mm -hmm. I that was something that especially at the beginning of this year something that I was particularly striving for I was trying to fill my life with um anything and everything that I could and constantly be going 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 do you feel that I I don't know one that's a good representation of you from my perspective like pre pre covid yeah whatever and then also do you think that slowing down and like you said like it's nice to sit down and watch tv at night or it's nice to be able to spend time with your pup or whatever do you think you'll ever get back to a phase of that quote unquote hustle hustle culture or oh, do sure. you want to yeah for sure i mean definitely um it's part of it i mean it's funny cuz the whole spending a lot more time alone thing is very much like a double-edged sword. Yeah. Like, for one, it's nice just to relax and, like, like, I'm suddenly in a very privileged position to be able to say, like, I really don't have much to do right now. Yeah. Um, and, like, which is a little bit different now because, like, I'm back to more into my routine. Mm-hmm. But, like, especially for those first several months where it was just, like, I was just sitting at home. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was different. Um, because while it's nice to be able to relax... It, it also forces you to really think. Um, I'm also someone that is very um, self-aware, I suppose, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, I guess not always self-aware, but like I self-reflect a substantial amount, like no matter what I'm doing. In what ways, if you don't mind me asking? Just yeah. like mentally, do you journal? Mentally. Do you, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. very mentally, it's very much a self-conversation in my head. Okay. Um, I wish I could journal better, but like I just don't think about it in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I have a lot of conversations with myself inside my head about like what I'm doing and just different things like that. Um, and so me sitting at home for a long time forced me to confront like a lot of things that like I didn't necessarily care to. Um, mm-hmm. Or like I guess you could say that I've been like avoiding for a while just because like I had the time to now. Because otherwise like I was keeping myself so busy that like I didn't really have as much time to think about everything else that was going on. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, sitting at home, you know, forced me to confront a lot of things about, like, myself and just kind of decide, like, really, really think about who I am. Okay. That makes sense. I, I don't know, personally, like, years ago, um, went through a trauma situation and I found myself after that really filling my life with everything because, like you said, like, when you're busy you don't have time to reflect. You almost don't have time to process and you take whatever feelings in the moment that you're dealing with, you put them in a box, you put them on a shelf and that's it. Like, and you, you fill your life with those things. Um, how, how would you say that you deal with 
stress or anxiety or um, mental health related stuff now compared to maybe six months a year ago when the world was a lot more chaotic and like I guess tips or ways that you think our listeners would be able to benefit from I guess like dealing with those inner thoughts those inner conversations yeah um sorry no. that's that's deep too I'm not no, sure no, you're fine. so <laughs> I, I think uh there's a lot of different ways to do it I mean definitely like finding a mental health professional to, mm-hmm. uh, to really go through it with is probably my number one like recommendation yeah um it's probably been the best thing for me and like I definitely could have used one earlier um but so that's that's number one yeah. Best thing to do. First and foremost, um, but, like yeah. there's a lot of things you can do like on your own. I mean, I know journaling works for a lot of people. Um, working out is also a very healthy way to deal with things. Just depends the level too. Um, if you define yourself based on how you work out, and, like if you don't get one in, then you start feeling really bad about yourself. That's not necessarily a healthy relationship with fitness. Yeah. Um, um, so it definitely can get become too much and I think in general with everything that you do you can't put that level of stress on one particular thing mm-hmm. um, and kind of base your whole worth off of it yeah. but um, you know like a couple of things that are really good is like well I'm not very good at journaling there's a couple of things that my therapist has had me done like uh, for one like I call it like the ladder technique um, where essentially like you draw like a ladder on a piece of paper and then divide the ladder up into three sections uh, one section is going to be your completely safe, happy state. The middle one is going to be that increased anxiety, kind of feeling a little bit uneasy about things. Just in general, you're like not feeling as great. Mm-hmm. And the third one's a point where like, yeah, like I'm gone at this point. Like I really don't feel well. Like I really just feel like mentally sick at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be like during or post panic attack, like no matter kind of what specific specific issue you're dealing with yeah that's that point um and so on the actual rungs of the ladder rungs i think it's the right yeah one, um you actually put down feelings associated with each stage so like with the beginning stage it's like okay well here i'm secure i'm happy like i feel loved and then like as it goes down it could be like the middle portion could be like like nauseous like i Mm-hmm. It could be self-hatred. It could be whatever, you know, mm-hmm. potential things you're dealing with. And in the end of it, typically for me, it's like, at this point, like, I am shut down. Yeah. Curled up in bed, like, don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next to each ring in the ladder, on the left side, you can do, like, specific coping mechanisms that you can do for each stage of those that really help you. And on the right side, things that other people can do. The people that you trust, the people that you care about. And so kind of, like, having that visual representation of where you're at, like, higher or yeah. low, with higher being, like, feeling pretty good and lower being not as great, like, it gives you a really good visual representation of, like, how I can deal with each specific emotion on a specific stage and have, like, a framework or a blueprint to work from. Um, so I think that's, like, a very effective mm-hmm. way to, like, self-regulate. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's definitely... I've never heard of that exercise before, but I really... I like that. I feel like... At least for me personally, sometimes, like I said, I am, I'm very self-aware most of the time, but sometimes I'm so caught up in things in the moment that I just let my emotions get the best of me. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like sometimes when, when you do do that, you kind of enter that state of, uh, 
I don't know. You're not in reality anymore. And, like, yeah. like going back to that Mark Twain quote of, like, a lot of things have happened and, like, they haven't happened at the same yeah. time, you know? And um, I don't know. Is there anything... I, I don't even know how to word what I'm trying to say, I guess, but just, like, anything that has changed for you recently that like has you've noticed have been like triggers that have maybe put you on that middle ring of the or rung of the ladder or that higher level or lower level and like how do you mentally note that and then proceed to do the things that make you happy sure i mean i mean definitely right now it was just a particularly stressful time Mm -hmm. Um, not only just because like I've been in a state where I'm like, okay, well, I'm really trying to figure out what's next for me. Like, yeah. wh- where is my will? Like, where is my my purpose really looking to go? Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm, so I'm working on that in terms of my own self. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, also there's so much external pressure as well from uh, definitely, like, I guess you can call it, like, this reincarnated civil rights movement. Um uh, wildfires all across the U.S. Mm-hmm. and then also like starting back up in Australia and they're looking like they're gonna get pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, climate emergencies all over the place. Uh, the election coming up. There's just a lot of um, a lot of stressors and yeah. like it's hard. It's honestly really difficult to keep up with every single thing that's going on these days. And I find myself tuning it out a lot, but like I also like can't at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this constant mix of stress there which just also makes me feel concerned because I mean we're the ones taking over here soon mm-hmm. it's a completely disaster yeah um so those are all stresses for sure and also there's just like my general like anxiety at times like remember like I was gonna go hang out with some like a friend the other day and then like it was just a slightly weirdly worded text for them and I was like oh my god like they're upset with me yeah and like I am like the worst at doing that um and then like I remember I was, like, in the shower, and, like, I was getting, like, ready or whatever, and I was, like, oh, my, like, I had this whole conversation in my head, like, pretending like I had it with them, of them, like, saying that they're upset, and I'm, like, wow, I really just had that whole conversation in my head based off of, like, literally just them, like, sending a text message, and it's, like, why do I do that? Yeah, why? But then, like, there's two ways you can look at it from there. You can get mad at yourself, but, like, the best thing to do in a lot of those circumstances is just kind of laugh it off and be, like... Mm -hmm. Oh, there just goes my mind again. Like, um, I think definitely for me, it just took me to realize that it was a very common occurrence and that, like, I'm not just crazy and, like, mm-hmm. this is just a very real thing for millions and millions of people that, like, it's okay to, like, lose control every now and then and to yeah. feel that way. Like, yeah, don't have to be perfect, um, which perfectionism is definitely something I've struggled with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, perfectionism and self-sabotage whenever I know I'm not going to do well I'm just like no just don't even try um so but yeah I think laughing it off and just really being like okay I felt like that like that's okay Mm -hmm. it it was it's totally fine to do that right now yeah and And I that's the that's the part that gets you really to that more healthy spot yeah I for me personally um I know I was telling you this earlier but I feel like sometimes it's so easy to overthink to have that conversation in your head um with someone that you don't know where they stand like everyone has Mm -hmm. their own lives going on and for me like I one thing that I've recently done and we've discussed a little bit is like I've stopped sharing my location with everybody and I 
I had so many friends. I think I probably had 20 people looking at my Find My iPhone location, which I guess in my mind, I thought, okay, when I have a close friend, they have a right to know where I am all the time. And I got to a point yesterday where I was like, okay, I'm tired of people sharing, unsharing, sharing, unsharing, like more and more and more because every time, even though it might not even be intentional, someone might have turned off their location services, someone might have gotten a new phone, someone might have just decided, hey, I don't want you to see my location anymore. In my mind, when someone unshared their location, it was... It's kind of like a break of a yeah, friendship. It's yeah, like, I don't want to talk Yeah, to it's like kind of like a little bit of an F you, you know? Like, yeah. And yesterday when I unshared my location, I was like, I, it was causing me so much anxiety, you know? And I was like, I'm constantly wondering where I stand with certain people based on something as dumb as a location, like yeah. as me being able to see where they are all the time, which is so unhealthy. And yesterday when I unshared my location with everyone except for my parents, um, I got texts. And it was, hey, why'd you stop sharing your location with me? Why'd you do that? And I'm like, you noticed right away that yeah. now you don't have this insight onto my life. And so I think for yeah. me, um, doing the little things of managing feeling overwhelmed, like you don't, not everyone needs to know where you are all the time. Yeah. Not everyone needs to know your location. Or like you were saying, like not kind of having that conversation with yourself and being like, that was a text that someone sent. Like, yeah, exactly. I, they might have not meant it like that. Like, might as well see it. They 100% didn't. Yeah. It like, was literally something I attempted. And that's the thing. Like, it's it's so easy to get overwhelmed. And I think with the current state of the world, like, we automatically jump to that. And sure. if, at least for me as someone who has previously struggled and continues to struggle with, like, anxiety and stress and mental health and all of that kind of stuff when you're already dealing with that and then you add on the pandemic the wildfires the are we going to be in school online or in person next week the normal like relationship and life stuff that we deal with as like 20 something year olds it's like it's a lot it's a lot for anyone to handle and um I don't know I guess there's not really one way of coping with feeling overwhelmed right now because you really just I said the other day to one of our friends, I was like, I need really need to take things day by day. And like two hours later, I was like, okay, now I'm feeling very overwhelmed again. I can't even take things day by day. And she said to me, she was like, take it hour by hour. Take yeah. it minute by minute, literally one step at a time. And I think that that is so incredibly important. Yep. And I don't know if you have any insight on taking it one step at a time or in the past if you have taken too big of steps or biting, bitten off more than you can chew or yeah I mean my therapist loves to say that I cling to extremes okay <laughs> it'll be like like I just won't even be feeling right someday and then like all of a sudden my body and like my mind will jump to I need to do like this massive change in my life mm-hmm. like it'll be like oh I'm not very happy with my diet like let me immediately like completely go like hardcore vegan right now and then or it's just like just different things that are like unrealistic for me to ask of myself to continue up my daily life mm-hmm. and like I frequently like put those sorts of pressures on myself for like I just have to cling to this extreme um so I, I do that a lot so I'm, I'm definitely not the best person to ask about taking it minute <laughs> by minute because I am it's something I'm learning myself right now but that's that's a good thing like I, <laughs> I want to hear this side of it yeah. because I feel like 
so often on podcasts you listen to people and at least for me even on um the light rail ride over here to do this episode I was listening to a podcast and people are like this is step one of getting your life together and like this is how you take things step by step so I think it's really it's nice to hear someone say like I don't have it all figured out like the hell if I know what I'm doing you know and so like I like this I like the perspective no yeah there's a whole world of self-help resources out there but Mm -hmm. really like yeah, it's nice to hear, but, like, at the end of the day, like, it's, it's, a, it's a very slow journey within ourselves. Like, yeah. it's not something that happens overnight. I'm, like, kind of going back earlier, like, especially with the whole friends thing. Um, it's kind of related, but, like, not. Like, something yeah. I was just thinking about at the time. But it was, like, I was having a conversation the other day, and it was about, like, there's kind of two frame of minds you can really have about, like, how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself as someone, like, through your own eyes and through your own lens? Or do you define yourself based off of how other people look at you? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm definitely stuck in that latter category more often where I'm, like, I am defining myself based off how I think other people are defining me. Mm-hmm. Which generally can lead to a pretty unhealthy cycle. Um, and then, so, I was trying to talk to my therapist about this and was like, well, what is the... Like, she asked me, what do you think the right thing to do is? Like, what do you think the right frame of view is for how you view yourself? And I think the conclusion that I came up to was, like, it's right in the middle. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we do need to see how other people view us. Because, like, that shows a lot about our own actions. And, like, I am personally someone that wants to know, like, if my actions are impacting you in a certain way, like, I would prefer to know about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can, like, be like okay, this is some truth that you're telling me right now and I can work on this. But also, I can't base, you know, my own well-being off of things that I think other people are thinking about me. Yeah. Um, Like, I have to definitely be, like, find some core values and core things for myself that I'm like, this is true about me. So, like, right now I'm working on getting in that middle balance where it's like, I understand how my actions impact others, and I also understand core things about myself. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, like, the goal, like, I'm striving for right now. And I think, like, you know, definitely a big portion of happiness definitely lies right in that sweet spot. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about um, the, just how your actions and the way that people view you says a lot about you. And I... I think that, like you said, like, it is that sweet spot. My mom says all the time, everything in moderation. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, if you, (laughs) if you think, I I don't know, I'm someone who, I over-apologize. I apologize for everything. I know that about you. And (laughs) I, like, it gets to the point where I'll be texting people and they'll be like, stop apologizing. Like, this is out of your control. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, but I just, I feel this sense of guilt a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And, um... I feel like things are, I don't know, my my problem when they're not. And like you were saying, like, obviously, like, you don't have it all figured out. Like, no one does. But knowing, okay, it's, this is how I view myself. It's hard to really tell your body that. Yeah. Like, you're <laughs> like, this is how I view myself. These are my, quote, unquote, core values. And if you do something kind for someone and you know your intentions and they get mad at you for it, you can't blame yourself in that situation sometimes people have other things going on and so like you were saying like there needs to be that i guess balance and yeah just like walking that fine line of like i love myself and i'm 
comfortable with what I'm doing but then if you mess up like being like oh shit I messed up like I I didn't even see it from this person's perspective and I think that um I don't know self-forgiveness and self-awareness kind of go hand in hand in that regard Mm -hmm. um because if you don't communicate with people um and people don't communicate with you, you're never going to know how other people see you. And that's why... And you can't expect what you don't communicate. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing. And um, I don't know. I was reading a book by Jen Sincero the other night um, called You Were a Badass. And it's, like, so cliche. Like, it's all over. People yeah, have been reading it for yeah. years. Like, whatever. But um, this quote really stuck out to me that was talking about forgiveness and... Um, just like forgiving yourself I guess and it says you've screwed up in the past and you will screw up again and every human is born with the ability to make spectacular mistakes you are not alone and screwing up is not special so get over it because dragging around in guilt and self-criticism is beyond unhealthy and is utterly pointless not to mention boring and then the part that really like hit home with me um as someone who does over apologize and everything is you aren't a better person for feeling guilty or bad about yourself. You're just a sadder one. And that quote, like, I don't know, it really, like, hit home with me. And I think, how do you, how do you perceive, like, when other people are upset with you? And, like, how do you kind of forgive yourself while also forgiving them so that you can remain on that happy rung of the ladder, if you will? Yeah. Um, no, I definitely... That's something I really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend a lot of time when people are, I guess, upset with me. Like, my immediate reaction is to apologize and kind of, like, immediately try and repair things. Yeah. Um, but that's not really that healthy of a thing to do. Well, but it's um, uncomfortable when someone's upset with oh, you. Oh, for sure. So it's like... But, like, trying to put a quick band-aid over it really yeah. isn't the best thing to do. Yeah. Um, so I've tried to get better at, like, objectively, like analyzing the situation mm-hmm. and being like okay these were my actions this is how this person felt and these were their actions like where where does it really fall into and like having an honest conversation about that with myself and the other person and being like you know because it is like i hate fighting with people yeah, yeah it very much pains me and i'm not good at it i'm very not confrontational but i think it is okay to have to try and have a conversation and it definitely depends on both parties and where they're at mentally and, like, their own ability to um, deal with delicate situations. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely feel like I've gotten a lot better at being, like, okay, like, I did this to you and, like, I'm sorry about that. Like, I just want to, like, discuss more from my perspective and your perspective just to kind of reach an understanding. Mm-hmm. Just so we can totally be clear about this, fix it, and move on. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's more of where I'm trying to get to and I think that's what should happen. Um, I don't know if it's an unrealistic expectation um, or, like, how it's really going to play out, but, like, lately that's been my frame of mind in thinking of, like, how to start handling things from here on out. Yeah. I think that's a a really healthy way. And I, at least for me personally in our friendship, um, I, that's something I've respected about you, I guess, from day one, is that you just, I, I don't know. Our friendship started very differently than a lot of friendships do. Sure. And um, something that I've always respected about you and a lot of the reason why I actually like wanted to have you on the show is because our friendship started with confrontation in the sense where you were like, hey, like I, I did X, Y, Z and like we got to talk about it. And I remember thinking like, 
I don't even like know this guy. Like <laughs> this is kind of like different, like whatever. But yeah. we sat down and you were like, hey, I did this. I said this, whatever. From my perspective, this is why. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't even think about that. Like I, I didn't even view it from that perspective. I just thought you were trying to like, I don't know, mess with my life or whatever. And like, it all goes back to nine times out of 10, like without being too blunt, like shit isn't about you. Like it is, everyone has their own life and everyone's trying to do what they personally think is best. And I think like you said, like it obviously depends on both parties and where they're at, but having that conversation and sitting down and being honest and being open and I guess like kind of going back to last week's episode, if you guys listen and listen to that, like just being vulnerable and being able to be like, this is how I'm feeling and this is how I thought this was going to play out. It played out differently. And if you feel the need to apologize at that point, apologize. And if you don't, don't, you know? And I guess, I don't know, to just kind of wrap up the show and um, talk a little bit more about that. Like, I think that it's for me and like the way that our friendship is like that's something I've always respected about you is like you do have that open and honest conversation so thank you yeah yeah I mean um I don't know yeah so I mean definitely like empathy and compassion play a big part in it and being like like uh, understanding that, yeah like not everything is about you um and like it's a really tough thing to realize sometimes and you know like if someone says something about you like i definitely understand an immediate reaction to be like like to just immediately defend yourself mm-hmm. um but you know i it's personally i've been kind of caught on the other end of i think for the most part like most of my life and being mm-hmm. like uh convincing myself that whatever this person is saying is just inherently true and that like i'm just a terrible person <laughs> uh, even though it's just like not necessarily the truth yeah um, it's something i've had to learn for myself but like Almost rewire yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But like taking the compassion side of it and understanding where this person is coming from and then also trying to objectively analyze like where I'm at mm-hmm. and like what I think happened in the situation, like I think that's how you kind of find that like healthy middle ground. And that was a nice thing because I was really scared to like, because I mean, we just met when yeah, I we were, back. Yeah, we were not like close at all. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, I think both of us handled that situation, like, very, very well. Mm-hmm. And, like, it really had no... I mean, I don't know what your feelings were afterwards, but, like... I felt good I after get, the conversation. I, actually, I felt yeah. really good as well. Like, I actually felt, like, quite happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's why I was, you know... I, get it, I think it says, you know, it doesn't just necessarily go for me in that situation. A lot of it was you as well. Because um, yes. you definitely <laughs> had some right to, like, you know, be willing to not be so happy but you were willing to kind of see from my perspective there and then we both felt good about it afterwards yeah i think if we would have yelled at each other for a little while or just <laughs> had it be completely one-sided like mm-hmm. we wouldn't have left happy from that conversation and we probably wouldn't be at the point in our friendship that we are now no we wouldn't be. yeah yeah but like actually both of us taking the time to think about it objectively understand each other's perspective really allowed our relationship to foster mm-hmm. and then also allow both of us to feel very good about it afterwards yeah um I so I think it's definitely something to try and, you know, for, to going forward, like, yeah. it's a good way to handle issues that arise in relationships, friendships, family, um, you know, because it leaves everyone feeling better at the end. Everybody actually was able to be listened to and felt like their needs were heard. Yeah. 
and definitely like you were saying like communication is a huge part of that and um I have to remind myself a lot of times like I I I don't know friendships and relationships just in general are always going to be a two-way street it's always going to be two-sided and if you go into something thinking I'm right typically it's not going to work out right because you're going into it and if the other party is going to it thinking I'm trying to be right I'm trying to prove my point there's a difference between I think proving your point and being understood like you can approach a situation and say hey this is how I handled this situation or this is how I was feeling and this is my reasoning behind it Versus I did this because I wanted this to happen and I'm right, you know, and like trying to like prove your point versus be understood. And I think that um, I guess the key in my mind to understanding yourself and to really feeling good and uh, achieving that sense of happiness is being one grounded in yourself and knowing that when you speak those words into existence and you say this is where I was coming from, that when you're being honest with yourself, because I feel like sometimes it's easy to say things that you think other people want to hear. But Mm -hmm. I think that in order to be happy with yourself, you need to be honest with yourself. And that's when you say things to other people, but also when you have those inner conversations. Um, And then I think the second thing is just, like you said, like that chain of communication and surrounding yourself with people who are able to communicate with you and kind of really circling back to the beginning of this podcast episode, just like in conclusion, like you were saying sometimes you put your not necessarily your purpose but like you want to feel validated by the people in your life and just like in general and so I think that being able to communicate with people and feel validated but also feel validated within yourself is like ultimately like how you got to go about things and Mm -hmm. you have to pour into yourself before you can pour into others and um if there's anything else you want to talk about at the time, like now's your time to yeah. to kind of go for it. But um, no, I don't think we covered a good bit yeah. today. Yeah, I we, uh, definitely think so. I mean, the biggest thing I just take away is like, because even right now as I'm giving answers, it's like I'm constantly evaluating. I'm like, I really don't. There's not a lot that I know. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm. I've learned that, like, showing compassion towards myself and others and just, like, thinking objectively about things and, like, understanding uh, not only myself but the way that others think is, you know, that's the best way for me to continue on my journey towards, you know, fully fulfilling this this whole happiness thing. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, we don't really know what happiness no. is. I think most people don't. Um, yeah. I, but... um, I thought it was fun just kind of... In conclusion, like, last night, for our listeners, um, I was texting Chase, and I was like, hey, like, this is kind of where I'm thinking, like, to talk about on the show tomorrow, like, whatever, and he responded, he was like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't have answers, like, I don't know, and I was like, that is exactly the reason why I want to host you, because like I said, like, I don't want to ever have a platform where I sit down, and I'm like, because I'm very guilty of it myself, like, sitting down and being like, these are ways that you can have the perfect morning routine. These are ways that you can achieve huga like, in everyday life. Because yeah, huga by definition, <laughs> yeah, is the pursuit of everyday happiness. And I'm like, okay, you can wake up and you can read a book and you can meditate and you can 
It's not realistic. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. hard. Especially, like, in your 20s, like, mm-hmm. getting that routine together. Like, like, I know I see the YouTube videos all the time, or, like, on TikTok. It's yeah. Like, it pops up, and I'm like, wow, this person's really got, like, their shit together. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, that's, like, I, I, like, I can't. That personally does not work for me. No. And it's social media and... To some extent, I feel like podcasts and, like, even that kind of whole side of it. broadcaster best so. Yes. It's always going to be a highlight reel. It always yeah. is. And so I, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It's been it's been really fun hosting you. And um, ultimately, at the end of the day, like, I didn't want to sit down and tell our listeners, like, how to find happiness because that's, yeah. that's unrealistic. I really just wanted to um, kind of understand how you feel about the subject and just kind of get the point across that like happiness is an inside job at least from my perspective um so journey yes (laughs) so i appreciate you being on the show today and um yeah i feel like that's that's kind of it we've covered a lot yeah well thank you for having me on yeah absolutely so guys um we will be uploading every other monday and we're trying to um really host more guests i've been making an effort i have um, a couple more guests in the upcoming weeks who are coming up so stay tuned emma and i will be back together for next week's episode um we're going to be talking a little bit about gaslighting and um going more in depth with that so kind of building off of the topics that um chase and i have discussed today on the show so until then stay tuned stay happy stay healthy and stay hookah bye guys